Hey guys, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, What Necessary Roughness. This episode, what, 74? I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Vogel. Check me out on Twitter, AlexUVogel9, all things Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche. Since the Nuggets and Avalanche are uh, they're out of the playoffs, we're going to talk, give a little update going on with uh, the NBA and the NHL update for playoffs. What's going on with there? Denver Broncos briefing. There's a lot going on. The NFL's pretty much a 24-7, 24 hours, seven days a week beast. You just can't get away from it. It doesn't go away. It never will. We don't want to do it anywhere. We love the NFL. It's our daily soap opera, right? And of course, the Colorado Rockies. I will open up the segment with them. Going on today, they just got throttled eight to nothing at Coors Field in front of about what thirty-eight thousand. I'm excuse me, thirty-three thousand six eighty-nine at Coors Field today in a beautiful, cloudy, overcast, cool day in May, and the Rockies could not handle with the uh, with one of the American leagues, the American League top teams. The LA Angels. And they got, like I said, 8 nothing. They got killed. Uh, really, the Rockies, well, they had a good stretch going there. You know, especially with the bats going on a little bit. And quite frankly, with the pitching, they had nine straight good quality starting pitches. But that was all thrown. That was all, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It just got blown out of the water. Let's essentially just say that, uh, Rockies fans. But more importantly, it's not the end of the world. Uh, What's going on with the Rockies? They got a four-game series coming up against the Milwaukee Brewers. German Marquez is going to be pitching Thursday versus the Bruins. Who's a who's a two and three record, four point seven ERA. And I, th- I like Marquez. He's a great young pitcher, second year in the league. Did great things last year. Have confidence in the world. Uh, the Brewers will be bringing to the mound uh, Reese Chacon. It was a Rocky from 09 to 2013, if my memory serves me correct, and I read it somewhere on some loose leaf paper. But this is your Rock Talk segment of the Purple Pinstripers. The Rockies are sitting at 21 and 16. Not too bad. What? It's like 37 games into the regular season. And I really loved that uh, six game winning streak. They, the Rockies swept the Mets in New York. Not very easy thing to do. The Mets were the hottest team in the opening month there in April. But they're kind of coming down to reality a little bit. As well as, hey, Brockies got this split against two-game series against the LA Angels. And it's no slouch of a team. Like I said, they're a top-notch team here in the American League. Inter-squad play. Uh, the, Rock- the the fans, of course, feel they didn't get to see the, one of the big top the top dogs. Oh, what's his name? He's from Japan. I can't even pronounce his name. I don't want to butcher it. But it was one of the top pitchers out there in uh, in L.A. But anyway, the Rockies lost. I digress. Uh, the Rockies were only able to muster eight hits in the shutout loss. Uh, but let's look on the bright side for the Rockies. Can bounce back in a series versus the Milwaukee Brewers, who are uh, who are no slouch in the NL Central. And I think you know, if the Rockies can pull three out of four, maybe even just split, I'd like to see them take three out of four. Just keep winning series. At the very worst, split. But if they can pull this series against the Milwaukee Brewers, then take their showboat out to San Diego, and, and that's where they stand up. They got four against the Brewers, two against the San Diego Padres. They got next Wednesday off. Come again uh, next Thursday. I'm going to looking way ahead of the schedule here. Uh, the series with the San Francisco divisional foe Giants for the first time this year in the regular season. Uh, in the series. Uh, for the game one against the Angels, uh, DJ LeMahieu uh, was reinstated at second base for the Colorado Rockies and helped the Rockies 
get off to a 4-2 victory, and he was actually the leadoff guy, uh, quite re replacing uh, Charlie Blackman, which was it's kind of interesting. But he did take the second day off, which was planned by Coach Buddy Black, or the manager Buddy Black, I should say. And they just kind of want to ease him into it. Uh, DJ still barely nursing that uh, right hamstring uh, strain. That's why he was on the 10-day DL. But I just think like they don't want to rush him into it, ease him into the series. It's a long haul of the season. It's more about nutrition and being consistent rather than you know just getting the many games under your belt. You want to get quality games rather than just throwing in there. Uh, but DJ LeMahieu did have a big, uh, did come through in the clutch, driving in an RBI on the first game. But the second game, nobody showed up. Heck, Ian Desmond, one of the Rockies' big uh, big signings last year. Uh, he had four strikeouts and left six guys on base. So back and forth, the Rockies' batting woes have kind of remedied themselves a little bit on the six-game uh, winning streak, but really reared its reared its, reared its ugly head come in uh, to this game against the, the Angels, which, are, like I said, they're no slouch. Uh, another cool stat I've noticed, I've read up on, was uh, Wade Davis as a Major League Baseball leading 14-game saves. Uh, already, that's like it's uh, like I said, he's leading the majors at that, and that's that's very clutch. Uh, I really like these quality starts with these are uh, with the starters, kind of really. I don't know what's the word. Remedying is really um, preserving. That's what I'm looking for. Preserving the bullpen for the Rockies or those kind of stretches like that, where it was nine quality starts for the starting pitchers, and to where the relievers came in, got one or two innings at the end, got their saves, got their punch outs, and. I really like that when you get to, like I said, preserve your your relief pitchings, especially your closers. They get chomping at the bit. They're not coming in there to save a half a game. They're coming in there to save. They want to do their one inning of work, get in, get out, and just kind of save their arm for the long haul of the season. And other part, you think of it mentally, they're chomping at the bit. They want to help contribute to the team. They want to come in there and perform at the highest level. And I think it really helps out. It's kind of surprising, very surprising, that the that's a Colorado Rockies franchise record that they went nine games, nine straight games with quality starts from their starting five rotation, which is huge. you got to love that. The Rockies are 9-4 and four under the previous 13 games. Like I said, they won six straight. That was, but they they had an ERI before today's loss of a 1.93. I know it's just another stat, but hey, numbers don't lie. Uh, sports personalities do, or they just don't have their facts straight. Uh, coming up, like I said, Thursday night game, German Marquez, the righty, will go on the mound. Friday, another Chad Bettis. Saturday, Kyle Freeland. And Sunday, we've got Jonathan Gray. Uh, let's put it by who's the ace? Who's that? Four and four, four point two four ERA, and that's going to end the Rockies' homestand again. It seems like they've been on the road quite a lot in this opening of the season. But I look down the stretch, down the end of the season, they have a lot of games in August at home as well as in September at home. So it all equals out, obviously. Uh, so let me see what else I got going on. I, I, I came to the conclusion, like the first month in April. If you will, it was kind of like the opening week, the opening month of an NFL season to where the preseason Cactus League is very, hey, these starters only play like they get one at bat or maybe the starting pitchers maybe get one or two innings at most, most likely one. So they don't really get quality playing time. Like again, it's about nutrition, staying healthy, stay, keeping your skills sharp to the point to where 
I see that first opening month where the Rockies were just kind of finding the stride. And I think they found it with that six-game stretch, winning streak there. Now, obviously, you can't win them all, Rockies fans. But I think the Rockies have really kind of honed in. They know their identity. They know what they want to do. It's really just up to the bats to stay hot and keep it fresh, along with the pitching, keep that quality to make a good quality run. Uh, and at 22 and 16, still a lot, obviously a long season to go. I'm going to wait till they get to their 50 games before I give them the official grade or official um, forecast of like what this team really is going to do here coming up in the final three or four months here into the playoffs. They're chasing a hot Diamondbacks team of Arizona. But I mean, they're just kind of running away with the division a little bit. The Rockies have not done what they've done in the past, which is totally sail away, totally right off the season to come into the month of June. The, the June swoon, they like they used to call it. But that's a different era with this Rockies. And you got to love it. The pitching is a lot better. So I think after that first month, the team gelled together. They know what they know exactly what type of identity they have. And really, they could just, they, they, they gel. The squad has gelled. And really, I really liked it. It was the last week when they were in Chicago. They sent uh, number 56, the, 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 the outfielder there. What was his name? I wrote it down. It's a couple pages back. I don't can't remember his name. They sent him on a coffee run. It's just to keep the team nice and loose and fresh. Hey, go get some fresh caffeine for the whole team. In your uniform at that. I bet you that was Nolan Arenado. Calling about, hey, man, I need some fresh coffee. Matter of fact, bring the whole clubhouse a fresh cup of coffee. It's just that kind of antics. Keeping the team loose. Keeping from getting so tight and uptight to the point to where maybe they're overswinging. You know, maybe they're gripping the bat just a little too much. You know, uh, but with the Colorado Rockies, let's see how they do with this four-game home series against the Milwaukee Brewers. I like their chances. It's not it. It's not it. It's not no slouch of a team. There will be some cupcakes opponents like the Cincinnati Reds or, 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 or I can't even name it a couple of bad teams. I know the Cincinnati Reds are wicked awful. San Diego Padres, they're the dumpster. They're the, the bottom sellers of the NL West at the moment. So it's a long way to go. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just pissed off. My biggest issue right now is the batting woes. I mean, some seasons, they lead the Rockies lead Major League Baseball in home runs on the road. So they get 70% of their home runs come on the road you know it's a road warrior team you know just the pressure's off they don't really think about performing in, in front of their fans at home they just come in to the they come in punch in and punch out do their business uh, but more more so more than anything the purple pinstripers just keep winning series at the very worst splitting series i think that's got to be the bottom line here today uh with my in my opinion just don't don't screw it up to where you could lose the you can cost yourself the whole season. You're playing catch up the whole part of the season. Those are the previous Rocky teams that we've seen in the past. To where, like, like I said, come June, the season's a, it's a farce. Hey, they're 15 games behind five of uh, under 500 or behind first place. They have no chance at heck. Uh, but like I said, later on next week, next Thursday, they got games coming against in San Francisco and LA. We'll see how they fare against those division foes. Uh, and more so than anything, just don't lose series. At the very worst, split the series, especially with the four-game homestand against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and just keep – hey, send another rookie out to get some coffee again, the Lodo or something, just to keep the loose, keep it jiving around the clubhouse. I love that. I'd like to see a little hazing more and more going on. 
But with that said, there's not a lot going on. It's a very kind of a sad, sad day at eight nothing loss on a beautiful May day at Coors Field. The Rockies, hey, you win some, you lose some. At least they split the series. They're moving on. I think the LA Angels are 14 and four on the road this season alone, and quite frankly, that's that's very impressive. That's very impressive. Uh, but okay, Rockies fans, I'm gonna stick a fork in it. I'm gonna come back the next segment. Man, I don't know if I'm going to talk about the NFL, the Denver Broncos, or the NHL, and the NBA playoffs. Hmm, you have to stay tuned to see what I decide. And be sure, while you're at it on the break, check me out on Twitter, AlexUVogel9, all things Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche, and whatever I can think of. As well as, hey, check out the other talent on the station, Elevation 5280 Sports. Great talent. Thanks to my buddies at the Anchor FM, also streaming live where you can get this show loud and proud. I'm Alex Vogel. Be back momentarily with episode 74 of Unnecessary Roughness. Thanks for kicking it. Be back in a jiffy. Welcome back, sports fans. I'm the man, the myth, the legendary Alexander Ulysses Vogel. Alexander U. Vogel. Twitter handle Alex U. Vogel. Thanks for checking me out on Unnecessary Roughness, episode 74, segment number two. Thanks for checking us out on the Elevation 5280 Sports, as well as the Anchor FM app. All things great. You can take me mobile and put me in your pocket. A lot easier to get a hold of me. I can literally do a whole show just on my phone. With a little sound music with a little background music. It's pretty slick. Uh, but anyway, also check me out on Twitter. Alex Uvogel9. All things Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche. But since the Nuggets and Avalanche are all done for the season, there's no playoff contention. I'm going to break down the NBA and NHL playoff situation. Uh, let's start off the NHL. Because there's still there's a game seven between the Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets. Game seven Thursday night uh, to decide who's going to play in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights are sitting at home with their legs kicked up, just waiting to see who their opponent's going to be, and hopefully it's not going to be too long because that team is very hot right now. And the worst thing for a team to sit around and get rusty. Especially with the Golden Knight and in the shining armor, if you don't sit around very, if you don't sit around and move it, you're gonna get all rusty in your armor, right? Uh, you know, very tacky, very cheesy. I get it, but it's gonna be. I just gotta love Game Seven. That's the best word in playoffs. No matter what sport you're in, whether you're in hockey, whether you're in basketball, whether you're in baseball, all of football, they're all Game Sevens. It's either win or go home. But the series is tied at three apiece between the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators. I'm kind of pulling for the Nashville since they knocked off our beloved Avalanche. I'm always pulling for the team who knocks your team out of the playoffs or out of contention. Uh, for that team to knock you off, I kind of root for them just a little bit. Uh, Nashville, I love the catfish theme they got going on there. And, and quite frankly, it's Thursday night. I can't wait. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, like I said, they're sitting around waiting. But on the eastern side, we got the Washington Capitals and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, game one for the Eastern Conference Finals or the Eastern Conference, I don't know, I guess it's a final. The, the winner of this series goes to the Stanley Cup. Bottom line, Washington at Tampa Bay. It's Friday, be game one in Tampa. You don't want to miss it. It's just good playoff hockey. 
It's quality. I love the speed of the game. The intensity is there. The crowd's going ruckus. And so pretty much, since Avalanche are nowhere to be seen right now, they're signing a few guys here and there. But, the, but quite frankly, it's still the playoffs, still the Stanley Cup. Give me Nashville. Give me Tampa Bay and the respected games Thursday and Friday night. Game 7 and the semis between Winnipeg and Nashville, and then, and then game one in the Eastern Conference, Washington and Tampa. Give me Tampa Bay. I'm taking a little vacation out there come uh, come July, so I, I, I'm a little biased to Tampa. Hey, why the heck not? But okay, that's about all I can really talk about with NHL hockey. I don't really know a whole lot about it. I'm still trying to figure this game out. What's with all the extra padding? I mean, come on, guys, really? No, but seriously, let's, uh, let's switch over to the hard courts. Uh, the Western Conference Finals are all set. Uh, between the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. Uh, both teams won their respective games uh, the previous round, four games to one. Uh, Golden State Warriors just smacking the heck out of the New Orleans Pelicans, four games to one. Same thing with the Houston Rockets smacking the hell out of the Utah Jazz, four games to one. And these two teams, hey, if you guys tune in on my show from time to time or all the time, once in a while, whatever, I've been saying it for at least six months we already knew it would end up like this. It's going to be Golden State. It's going to be Houston. Possibly San Antonio, I'd mentioned, uh, would be in the Western Conference Finals. And I'm, I'm hard-pressed. I don't know who to go for. I kind of lo- always been pulling for Golden State because they have uh, they've really evolved the game to just jacking up threes from the left side, from the right side of the court. And that's what I like. I mean, it's fun to be a happy gunner, to watch these happy gunners just shoot out, lights out, and just see this new era of basketball, new style of basketball take over. You know, then then you look at Houston. I love me some James Harden. CP3, I'm not as sold on him. I'm, I think he's a little bit of a prima donna, but you know what? He gets the job done. He's been around a long time. He has played in 80s, let me get the middle window, 86 playoff games before reaching a conference finals game. That's an NBA record. That's never been done before. He's played 86 playoff games, and now he's finally getting to play in his first ever conference, his first ever conference championship for CP3. My prediction, my gut intuition, I'm gonna take the number two seed in Golden State in this one just because they have the more experience. Uh I like Steve Kerr's mentality, you know, and the team mentality. The Draymond Green mentality is like, hey, we're more worried about, then we're worried about the championship. We're more than more than focusing on the, the team. You look at Houston and their press, the pressers and all the media they do, the interviews and whatnot. They just want a piece of Golden State. It seems it seems like they're more personal vendetta against Golden State. They just know they got to get through Golden State to get to the championship, so they want Golden State. Golden State's take is, hey, you know what? We're just focused on a championship. Because when they went, what was it, 73 wins or something? Or 74? I think it was 73 a couple years ago. And they lost in Game 7 to LeBron James's Cavs. I'll get to the Cavs in a second. They had their mind more than anything. Being the best, most wins ever and winning a championship ever. Rather than just worried about, just worry about hoisting the championship. Because that's all you're really going to be remembered for. Is hoisting a championship come 10, 20, 30 years ago down the road. Uh, that's your legacy on being a champion, hoisting the championship trophy. So, with that said, I think it's going to go six or seven games. I'm not an expert. I'm just an armchair quarterback. I don't even, I'm just trying to figure out what the difference between a basketball and a hockey puck is. I really don't know. I kid, I kid. Of course I know the difference. But I like Golden State just because they got more experience. 
And I think uh, Houston's focus is a little off kilter. Uh, six or seven, hopefully seven, just for entertainment purposes and like stretch it out as long as possible. On the Eastern Conference side, uh, there's a big game tonight, Wednesday night. I know who knows when you'll see, who knows when you'll, you'll listen to this, either morning, afternoon, or evening, sometime between now or never you'll listen to it. But the Boston Celtics were up three games to one over the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm a big fan of Philly for some reason. I just kind of like their raunchy fans and how uh, dirty they are. I really don't think they have a chance to really take the series going to seven games, uh, but it's going to Boston series, obviously, to lose, and they're up three games to one, just at that. Uh, but will Boston close out tonight? Just at their home court in Boston. I see this game. I see Philly pulling out another game somehow, some way. I'm no expert, but I see Philly stretching it out to six games. You're going to give LeBron James a little more rest before they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the winner of this series, obviously, is going to take on LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who swept Yes, you heard me. He swept the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> they had no business being in that series, in my opinion, for talking about Toronto in that series at all. They just totally mopped the floor with them. The Cavaliers did more precisely LeBron James. You know, LeBron James, I'm going to talk about him for a couple hours. Okay, for a minute or two, that I wasn't sold on him coming into the league. Okay, I was a big, obviously a different Nuggets fan, Carmelo Anthony, and then I really liked Dwayne Wade when he won, uh, when he when he won a championship with uh, Shaquille O'Neal in Miami. I think it was like 06 ish, so like four or five years into those guys into into their careers, those three guys all came in at the same time. It was like the 03 season, right? So I wasn't really sold on LeBron James. I was more sold on obviously Carmelo, boy was that fool's gold, and uh, Dwayne Wade, who was no slouch, a def highly awesome defender. I kind of wish Dwayne Wade was still on the Cavaliers right now, just for more defensive support for the Cavs, you know, more, a little more star power. But he got traded to back to the Miami Heat, lost in the first round of the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. It's all LeBron James. He is carrying this team on the back of his shoulders, and he's doing it with class. He's doing it with style, and more importantly, he's doing it with wit. This guy is so smart and the cerebral assassin out there on the court. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's redeveloped his game with the with the fadeaway jumper. That's something that he's he never really had that in his repertoire and offensively in his early part of his career. He was usually dive in, you know, fake a drive into you and dunk it on your rear end. You're right. He was just straight up dunk it, you know, or or, or, or take some take some splashes from three point land. I mean, that was King James's, I know that that was his game. But now he's got this crazy fadeaway jump shot that if you don't like it, man, you must be blind or don't have a clue that it's just awesome to watch. Uh, a lot of my friends and some of my family members, they bought into the Kool-Aid right away. I was, It took me time, but now that LeBron James is in his 15th year, He's doing it in a different type of intrinsic way. He's speeding, he's setting records all up with the NBA playoffs alone for 2018 alone. How could you not like it, man? I just, I just, the growing legacy of LeBron more and more is growing. I mean, and you know, he has had more game winning shots than Michael Jordan. I love me to LeBron. And, and at the early, and his, his legacy just continues to grow. Yes, crown him as King James, the chosen one. Uh, you know, and now I have no problem crowning his ass. Uh, part of my French. I mean, you guys ever hear the Dennis Green uh, sound bit? If you want to crown their ass and crown them, 
You know, if you don't, if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, check it out on YouTube. Denny Green, crown him. Uh, they're talking about, he's talking about football and other things, but it's just a great sound bite. Uh, I, I just love me. He has the most points per game in the playoffs. He has most 40-point games, most triple-doubles, and most buzzer-beater wins. LeBron James, and that's just in one series alone, let alone, well, not this series, but in the 2018 playoffs. He went to a Game 7. He swept through a Game 4. What's he going to do in the Eastern Conference Finals? I have a good feeling he's going to will his team to the NBA Finals. And quite frankly, I'd like to see him win it all one more time before he leaves Cleveland or whatever he's going to do. Well, heck, maybe Cleveland wins one more and that convinces uh, LeBron to sign another two-year deal or another one-year deal to stay in Cleveland to keep building up that squad. I don't want to see him. Whatever LeBron does, don't go to L.A. Don't be a Laker. Don't be a Clipper. Don't go out east. Stay, Stay in Cleveland. That's your hometown. Finish your career out there in Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland doesn't have much. Yes, they had the Indians in the World Series. They got the 1-31 in Browns. Uh, Cleveland doesn't have much. I mean, their weather is lousy. They got a bunch of dog biscuits on the field. And, uh, and they got one cool son, Cleveland Rocks. You know, other than that, LeBron James, stay in Cleveland, win another championship or two in Cleveland as a Cavalier. I'd be happy. Uh, but the Cavs are waiting the winner of the Boston-Philadelphia matchup. Like I said, it's three games to one. Boston game is tonight, Wednesday night. And I think Philly's going to go and take another game, push it to a game six before Boston closes out this series and stamps their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. Kyrie Irving for Boston. But he's not even, you know what, I could do a little more research, a little bit more show prep. It's Kyrie, I don't think Kyrie Irving's even in that lineup because he's been injured. But anyways, I digress. I went on my little rant with good old LeBron James. King James, we like to call him. Uh, and, and I just love to watch him. He's one of the best the greatest players to ever play the game. I'll give him that over Michael Jordan. I will. I mean, what? A, it's just my, it's my opinion. You know, it's how I see it. That's what makes me unique. I'll give that to LeBron. Okay, with that said, I'm gonna stick a fork in it. I'm gonna close this segment. Uh, this segment out. I like like Golden State over Houston, probably in six or seven games. And then obviously, I like I like Boston to take on Cleveland. But give me the Cavaliers and Golden State in the third, what does it be, the third or fourth straight finals with the same two teams. Yes, a little boring. I don't really want to like it that way. But you know what? I shouldn't do a show on an empty stomach. My stomach's growling on me. I got to stick a fork in it and stop talking about food. Uh, but with that said, I'm good. I'm chill. I'm going to keep it frosty. Thanks for joining me here on segment two. I got one more segment to go. We a little Broncos briefing. Save the best for last. Uh, uh, here on Elevation 5280 Sports, the Anchor FM app. And you know what? Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, AlexUVogel9. Be back momentarily. Keep it frosty, everybody. Hey guys, welcome back to the third and final segment of Unnecessary Roughness right here on Elevation5280Sports.com and the Anchor FM app. Uh, thanks for checking me out on Twitter, AlexUVogel9. I appreciate you guys uh, giving me a follow or tweet at me. Whatever you got to do, DM me with a question or a segment you would like me to talk about uh, here on the show. And, and quite frankly, I got the third and final segment. I saved the best for last and my two cents are always free. 
But in Bronco land, the NF in the NFL, there's not a whole lot going on in the OTAs. That's exactly it. Off-season training activities where these guys are in the weight room working out. Uh, they're running wind sprints or 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 dead out sprints up the hill. I remember I used to do the same thing when I played a uh, high school ball. I just like uh, it's not really a whole lot to comment on it. But I'll do the best I can to give you a, at least a five-minute segment to close out your Broncos and what's going on with it. Uh, and kind of in the, in the fun news, uh, obviously what's going on, the, what's been going on on the NFL Network is they're doing the top 100 players. Uh, as of right now, Chris Harris Jr. is number 86 on the top 100. Probably one of the only Broncos as of right now. I think they're up through. I don't know, 69 or 70 at the moment. Every week they come out with another 10 top 100 players, top 10 players, all the way up to 100. I think Vaughn Miller is going to fall in there somewhere in the top 20, maybe 15, hey, maybe even 10. Because according to Willie McGinnis, uh, Vaughn Miller is the top pass rusher in the league. And according to the other peers, I'm sure with the top 100 list is generated with the other players in the league. They got to put Von Miller somewhere, maybe the top 10 or top 20. Roughly more take because Von Miller, it requires a double team if you don't want him wreaking havoc on the offense. Uh, but which is really cool. Willie McGinnis said uh, Von Miller's explosiveness off the ball. Uh, he appears offside. He's so quick. And then you're going to put Bradley Chubb on the opposite side of Von Miller. And that's really going to, it's really going to have the offense pick their poison. Like, how do you want. How do you want to die? There's a million ways to die. You choose it, okay? Do you want Von Miller to kill you, or do you want Bradley Chubb to get you? Of course, we got still Shane Ray's on a contract year. I mentioned it last week. They're not going to open. They're not going to extend him the fifth-year option. It's not guaranteed he will not be a Bronco after this 2018 season, but it's highly unlikely with the drafting of Chubb. Of course, there's also Shaq Barrett, who is a very clutch, reliable guy, gets a great pass rusher, on the quarterback who was, um, I believe he was the, the Western Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year before he was drafted in his fourth year. So what was that, 2014, roughly? Anyway, but I digress. Von Miller is a top rusher in the league. With all the other, the wave of pass rushers that Broncos got on this team, it's really, hey, opposing the offenses and quarterbacks, you choose where you're going to slide the, uh, the protection. You choose who's gonna who you're going to double team. Because you can't double-team everybody. That's going to free up a lot of other one-on-ones and the defensive tackle, defensive end. And also what I like about what they're doing with Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, they can play more than just outside linebacker to rush the quarterback. They go, they're they going to put Vaughn Miller at the defensive end through training camp uh, just to kind of work on his um, repertoire of pass-rushing moves. Kind of like what already has, uh, what Bradley Chubb already has. I mean, he has the ability. Uh, Bradley Chubb is also a favorite to win the the Defensive Rookie of the Year Award. Uh, and that award's based on interceptions and sacks. And a lot of the experts are saying or writing about that. They anticipate Bradley Chubb you know, probably gets somewhere in between you know, 8 to 10 sacks. I think that's reasonable. Uh, as well as a handful of tackle for losses. And a lot of deflective passes. Uh, you know, pass breakups, if you will. And what I like about Chubb and what they're training, what they're working on with Vaughn is putting him at the defensive end position is ability just to attack you in waves. So what if they put Von Miller on the outside and Bradley Chubb on the same defensive end spot and, and rush the passer? How are you going to double team both those guys when they're right sitting right next to each other? 
at the line. You know, this is the the possibilities, uh, the combinations, uh, the stunting, the twist that the defensive lines can do, the defensive fronts. It's going to be, I just hope they use their imagination a lot more. Uh, be, get creative with their blitzes, but be smart about it. Don't don't leave home. Don't lose gap responsibility. Getting too creative, getting after the pass rusher. But the possibilities are endless. So we're going to see. Uh, more so with Bradley Chubb. Um, he's coming in already. There's reason. It's amazing how he fell to the fifth pick. You know, Cleveland Browns wanted a quarterback, and they wanted Denzel Ward at the, at the number four pick, which was kind of a bonehead mistake, in my opinion, my two cents. Uh, you got to have. You win the game at the defense and offensive line. You know, you win the battle in the trenches. I mean, that's where it's a little more priority should be. You should be dominant there before you start worrying about your secondary, uh, in my opinion. Okay? So, really. Cleveland Browns was like, yeah, we don't really find Bradley Chubb to be helpless right away. I'm like, okay, your loss, you, you're, that's your decision. That's great. You're really helping out the Broncos, especially with the with the pass rushing situation, because Bradley Chubb is a dominant force. He has a lot of strength. He has a lot of power. He's a lot of quickness. He has big, hard hands, fast, quick hands, and this takes time for uh, rookies coming into the league. He has counter moves already. He knows how to set up tackles and guards and tight ends on rushing ability with counter moves you know it, it takes a mentor kind of like demarcus Ware. uh demarcus Ware was to von miller you know it's kind of teaching him more how to be a constant pro he's going to get that mentoring from von miller i mean von miller's i think he's what ah, dang it he's entering his eighth season in the league seventh or eighth season i believe with the broncos he's already can't believe he's getting that long in the tooth a little bit not, he's not quite that old. He's still a young man for 29 years. We're talking about Von freaking Miller here. He's going to mentor Chubb to be an all-pro right away. Like I said, what DeMarcus Ware did, to, did for Von Miller. you got to love it. I mean, Von Miller tried to do it for Shane Ray, but Shane Ray has been very consistent with injuries. Shaq Barrett hasn't quite stepped up enough. He, quite frankly, he's playing behind Von Miller. It's hard for him to even see the field, you know, except for resting situations. Uh, but i really love to see the the threat that Chubb's going to cause on offensive lines and offensive schemes. Uh, the Broncos ranked 22nd in sacks last year, but with Bradley Chubb, like I said, falling to the Broncos at number five, Miller and Chubb will be a nightmare for quarterbacks. Call an ambulance. Come on, bring it. And I can't wait. Hashtag can't wait. Uh, the Broncos uh, were number three on uh, pressuring the quarterback. So that's going to still continue. Okay, but you know, with that said, let's jump to the offensive side real quick while I got a little time. Uh, talking about our boy, the quarterback, the man, John Elway, and Coach Vance Joseph are pretty much anointing their quarterback. They're, they're, they're prized possess, the prized most biggest upgrade for the Broncos this year was Case Keenum. And just this week, uh, the Broncos started getting out there in the field, doing some passes, just something easy, you know, easy, clear, easy routes for the wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Just playing a little pass and catch, you know, nothing too crazy. It's OTAs, you know. It's, yeah, you know, they're out there in their practice jerseys and their ball caps and shorts. They're not really out there popping or anything. It's OTAs. We don't want no injuries anyway. Am I right? So with Case Keenum, if the Broncos can get something for what they got, for what Case Keenum gave the Minnesota Vikings last year, which was 67.6 per completion percentage in the NFL, which is second, and a 98.3% passer rating, 
which was seventh in the NFL from Case Keenum this year for 2018 Broncos. The Broncos right away, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Are they going to be a wild card team? Are they going to be a division champ? Yeah, that's why they're going to have to play out the season, obviously. But if they can get somewhere between those production right there, between like 4,000 yards, 25 touchdown passes, maybe 10 picks, but a solid 300 yards a game, along with a good running back, with a good running game, at least maybe around 80 to 100 yards a game, a good balanced attack. Maybe this, I think, you know, the answer for Case Keenum, I like how they did not draft a quarterback. They're stuck with Paxton Lynch. They're sticking with Chad Kelly. They like Chad Kelly to come in and uh, just compete for that second um, backup spot for the Broncos. It'll be interesting. I mean, we're talking, uh, I'm getting goosebumps on my arm, getting fired up, and here we are in the middle of OTAs. I mean, we still got all of May, all of June, the end to the end of July to get to training camp. Oh, my goodness. My thank goodness it's right around the corner. But like I said, Case Keenum could be around that 65, 66 completion percentage. That's going to be top five already. Be around that 100 to 95 quarterback ranking. This team's going to be so much better, especially with the weapons of DT. We'll ever be catching passes from a real. I hate to put an indictment on on, on our boy Trevor Simeon. He did did the best he could with his ability, and quite frankly, the offense last year with McCoy, it was a joke. You hear the interviews with other quarterbacks that they had. Six different ways to run a play, but they're all the players are doing the same thing. It's just kind of overly complicated. It doesn't need to be that complicated. It doesn't need to be, you know, so Case Keenum here, if you can have the results, somewhere of the microcosm, what he did for Minnesota last year, you know, maybe, maybe he will, maybe he'll get a longer extension of quarterback. Maybe this guy is the answer for the long term. You know, he's really high on Gary Kubiak's eyes, who is, Gary is doing a lot of helping with scouting, a player, uh, player decision and development and whatnot, and, and a little bit part GM and scouting. Uh, it's going to be interesting, you know. But like I said, it's OTAs. The Broncos are doing good things in the community. They had a, a senior pro come into their come into the facility, help some of the guys on their swing a little bit, and the Broncos are just working out. I mean, it's really not a whole lot to really report. But after the draft, there's going to be a few free agent signings here and there. I think the Broncos might make another transaction here. Uh, you know, they're going to get bargain rates because there's still some veterans out there, like a Jack Doyle. I tied in Jack Doyle. I failed to mention that, uh, that the Broncos have to find a good bona fide tight end. And I wouldn't mind seeing a Jack Doyle come into town if there's injuries. Okay. I know they drafted a, a, a Fugamali and the Jake Butt's supposed to be the next coming big time tight end. Uh, we'll see. Long way to go, but hey. I just flapped my gums for a good quality, what, 11 and a half minutes regarding our Denver Broncos on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. And, and lastly, just to put a little nugget on it, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to our boy CJ Anderson, who has got signed a one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. We'll be running alongside our boy Christian McCaffrey. Good for him. Uh, the soft spot in my heart for CJ is... And he's still a Super Bowl 50 champion. Nobody will ever take that away from us, no matter what happens with the business side of what the NFL is. He's still a Bronco, Orange, Blue, and Super Bowl 50 champion. He's the only player in that game in Super Bowl 50 to score a touchdown. He ran, he rushed for one. And good luck to you in Carolina. That's all I got to say. You know, but I really like the drafting of Royce Freeman. Uh, I think it's going to be a Rolls Royce just rolling out there, just sleek, stylish, and pounding the rock. I can't wait for that. And lastly, hey, 
I gotta get a start a counter. How many days is it till training camp? I'm gonna find that that to you very soon. I just kind of came up the top of my head. End of July, then it's football season. And I kind of went over the schedule. The last show, I think the Broncos will be anywhere between 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Yes, I got my orange and blue uh, Denver Bronco sunglasses on. But with that said, I'm sticking a fork in it. Thanks for joining me. It's been Unnecessary Roughness right here at Elevation5280sports.com. I'm on the Anchor App FM. Thanks for joining me for all you out there. Twitter handle AlexUVogel9. I want everybody to keep it Keep it frosty, keep it real, and keep it legit, whatever you got to do. Guys, well, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. You'll hear from me next week right here on Unnecessary Roughness.